And uh, somebody said, I know, how can you live a Christian life in a wicked world? First John 1 and 9 helps. Uh, the Bible said that He's faithful and just to forgive us of all our sin. Uh, if we confess it, amen. And uh, I'm thankful that uh, the Lord, I'm glad when He saved us, He saved us so good that He saved a part of us that can't sin. Uh, you say, well, where's that at? First John chapter 3. But I'm also glad that He made provisions for the part that can sin. First uh, John 1 and 9. While sin cannot uh, affect our state, uh, it can affect our uh, standing with the Lord sometimes. And uh, the Bible says that if we regard iniquity in our heart, the Lord won't hear us. And sometimes our sin can affect our fellowship and uh, and all of those things. Uh, but uh, thank God that no sin can separate us from the love of Christ. You say, why? Because it was Christ that died for us. And uh, nobody can condemn us but Christ. Uh, Romans 8, the last part of that chapter, is a wonderful, wonderful uh, place uh, in the Word of God. Uh, turn, if you will, this morning to Matthew chapter 7 this morning and Luke 16. I wanted, uh, last Sunday morning, if you were here, I preached on the ants, the ants. And Sunday night, if you was here, I preached on the conies. And uh, I really intended and planned on and studied on and worked on all week uh, to preach this morning on the locust or the grasshopper and then on the spider. Uh, but uh, the Lord uh, not going to let me do that this morning. So I want to preach what the Lord has put on my heart this morning. Fellow asked Brother Jack Laster one time, he was struggling with what to preach, and Brother Laster said, uh, the guy said, won't you just preach what you want to preach? And Brother Laster said, I tried that once and it didn't work too good. Uh, so uh, when the Lord gives you a clear path, you always want to go that path. Amen. All right, Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14 this morning. And the Bible said, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go therein, or thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. And if you turn with me to the 16th chapter of Luke's Gospel, and the 19th verse, we'll read it and then tie these two together. In Luke chapter 16 and verse number 19. And the Bible said, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores came to pass that the beggar died, was carried by the angels unto Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, 
that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. And then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Thank you, and be seated. Our fathers, we come come bow, Lord, and I ask you to help us today. Verse 13, where it said that we can boldly say, The Lord is my helper. Father, we come today and ask, Lord, for the Holy Spirit, Lord, to fill us today. The Bible commands us to be filled with the Spirit and speak to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and make melody in our hearts to the Lord and to be thankful. And Father, we come today, thank you for having people placed before us today to preach out of our heart and into their heart the Word of God. We thank you, Lord, that many of us have been saved and we're not going to hell. And Lord, we thank you for that this morning. Father, we ask today for those that might not be in the condition that a lot of us are in this morning, that the Lord would speak to their heart about, Lord, their condition. And Lord, fill our heart with gratitude and thanksgiving that, Lord, that we'll never lift our eyes up in the place we just read about. Now, Lord, may the Holy Spirit come and do His work today. And I pray You'd help me today to Lord, to preach clearly and plainly, and I pray powerfully, Lord, I pray, and we'll thank you for forgiveness of sin, salvation from hell, and Lord, the promise of heaven this morning, in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Well, Jesus was the original author, he was the original originator of the thought of a highway to hell. I know ACDC put a song out uh, about that. I even looked at the lyrics uh, in studying preparation for the message, but I didn't even think the lyrics was worthy of even being read uh, in the pulpit this morning. Uh, but they were right about one thing. There is a highway to hell. Now, it's not, uh, it's not the way the song pictures it to be. It's not that way, but it is the way that Jesus told us about it. Along about 1930s, the police uh, systems, they come up with what they call a 10 codes. And uh, it was used by law enforcement to be able to let people know what their location was. 
And uh, truckers picked it up uh, sometime after that. And as they went up and down the major highways of our land, uh, uh, they would use uh, some of those ten codes. And one of them that you'd probably be more familiar with than any of the others was, uh, uh, they would say, what's your 20? Uh, Really, what's your 1020? And uh, what your 20 was, they were asking you what your location was. Uh, that was the whole point of the whole thing. Uh, uh, when they said, what's your 1020? Uh, then they would say, I'm at a certain mile marker. Or uh, they would say something along that line. And, and, uh, and, uh, and Brother David, uh, this morning, or Brother Mark, they could better elaborate on that than I could this morning. Uh, but that's what the whole thing was. It was called a 10 code. Uh, and uh, one of those codes, the 1020 code, was to find out what your location was. Uh, and uh, I want to preach this morning upon this thought this morning. What's your 20 on the road to hell? What's your 20 on the road to hell? Uh, you see, all of us, uh, uh, we do have a location connected with that road this morning. And uh, most of us this morning, I'm so thankful to say, and uh, pray it's true, I don't know your heart, you, you don't know my heart uh, uh, always, but uh, we, we hope that the most of the people here, if we were to ask, what's your 20 on the road to hell, uh, that you would respond and say, well, we've already exited off of that, praise God. Uh, uh, you see... Uh, the Bible said here there is a man that had already exited off uh, that road to hell. Uh, and if we were to ask Lazarus, Lazarus, what's your 20 uh, uh, concerning the highway to hell? Uh, Lazarus would say, well, uh, I've already exited off of that. Praise God. Uh, I hope this morning you've already exited off uh, of that road to hell. There is one uh, today uh, And uh, I'm glad that there was a day on a Sunday morning uh, in a little country church out around the community of Temple Hill. Uh, I'm glad that there was a morning uh, uh, that I exited off uh, uh, that road to hell. Amen. Uh, I hope you have a place like that as well. Uh, uh, Lazarus represents uh, the few. Get that word. Lazarus represents the few uh, uh, that have exited off of that road. Uh, uh, you say, well, Brother Rick, I know a lot of people that is exit off that road. Yes, uh, but compared to the 7 to 8 billion on the planet, uh, uh, it's only a few, amen, uh, uh, this morning that have exited off. Uh, uh, why, if we had hands raised this morning and uh, we asked how many had already exited off this road, uh, how many's 20 was no longer on the way to hell, uh, uh, why, there'd be several hands go up. Uh, but compared to the 35,000 that live in Glasgow, uh, it would probably be only a few. Amen. Uh, uh, but let's look at Lazarus here. The Bible said, uh, It came to pass uh, that the beggar died uh, and was carried by the angels unto Abraham's uh, bosom. The Bible tells us that the beggar died. Uh, now, what happened here? How did, how did Lazarus uh, uh, how did he wind up exiting off uh, that highway to hell? Uh, uh, well, I think that Lazarus probably uh, uh, had heard somebody talk about the reality that there was a place called hell. Uh, 
uh, you say, well, where would he have heard that at? Well, he didn't have a New Testament. Uh, he didn't have Matthew through Revelations. Uh, uh, but he did uh, live in the day when there was an Old Testament. Uh, and uh, hell is not only a New Testament doctrine. Uh, hell is a Bible doctrine uh, uh, that's also found uh, uh, in the old parts of the Bible. Amen. Uh, I believe it's Isaiah 14 that the prophet Isaiah, he talked about a place that had enlarged itself uh, and he was talking about the place called hell. Uh, uh, maybe Lazarus read that, maybe, uh, or maybe he made his way into a synagogue uh, and uh, somebody was up there reading out of the Old Testament uh, and maybe they read Isaiah 5 uh, and verse 14 and they read about a place called hell uh, and maybe that caught his attention. Uh, I know it sure caught my attention uh, uh, when I heard somebody start talking about hell. Amen. Uh, I remember David Spurgeon, he's a evangelist, independent Baptist evangelist, uh, and uh, I remember Brother David saying he was arrested, put in jail uh, uh, for some crime. Uh, and he said uh, they'd have different ones come in preach like they do around here used to. Uh, and he said one day they brought in this preacher named Jimmy Hood. Uh, and he said, Brother Jimmy, he said, I didn't even want to go to the service that day. Uh, uh, he said, but when you're in jail... Uh, he said, and you get an opportunity to get out for anything. Uh, uh, mow the yard, pick up cans, cut grass, uh, uh, do anything. Uh, uh, he said, you'll do anything to get out of jail if you're in there for a while. Uh, and he said, so they let me out. I went to the service uh, and said, this, this preacher named Jimmy Hood said he preached about hell. Uh, and he told me how I was going to go to hell uh, and how I was going to burn in hell forever and ever and ever. Uh, and he said, I remember sitting there thinking, oh great. Uh, he said, now I've got arrested. Now I may be doing a lot of time in prison. And now here comes this preacher and tells me I, I, that ain't bad enough. Now I'm going to go to a place called hell uh, and I'm going to burn there and be there forever and ever. Uh, uh, but he said that got in his mind. That thought He thought about it uh, and uh, said he wound up getting saved uh, and the rest of it's history. He's a great uh, evangelist now, preaches all across the country. Amen. Uh, uh, I can't never preach on hell without thinking about Jackie Jesse. And uh, you say, who's Jackie Jesse? Well, some of y'all know Jackie. Uh, and uh, she works out the doctor's office out here and worked at a nursing home for a long time. Uh, and uh, Brother Richard Staples was holding a nursing home revival. And he asked me to come out there and preach on Friday. He had different people every night. And so I went out there on a Friday and I preached and I preached about hell. Uh, and uh, Jackie was out there and uh, she uh, was a nurse there, act court activities coordinator. Uh, and uh, so she was involved in all of that. Uh, I preached on hell that night and... Uh, Everybody seemed to take it pretty good, but Jackie, uh, uh, she got irate. She got mad. She got red-faced. Uh, uh, and, uh, and I remember coming up to me, and she said, I can't believe you come out here uh, and preach to these sick people, these dying people. Uh, I can't believe you come out here and preach to them about hell. Uh, I said, well, if they ain't saved, they're going there. And, uh, uh, well, uh, that was on a Friday. On Sunday morning, I got up here to the church, uh, and there was a car sitting there. Uh, 
and I recognized, I didn't know her at the time, and I recognized the woman. I said, oh Lord, that's that woman that was out at the nursing home. She's come back to give me a second round. I I, I got out, walked on in the church, unlocked the church, walked on in, uh, and I was standing there by the water fountain up in the old building, and she come through the doors uh, uh, with tears streaming down her face. uh, And uh, she said, I've come to apologize to you. I said, what for? And she said, well, for getting mad at you about preaching on hell. Uh, And uh, she said, I got saved, Uh, uh, she said. uh, And uh, not a few years ago, they had their uh, big Easter thing out at the high school, Car Hill Baptist, and and a thousand people there, I guess. And uh, on the following Monday, I run into Brother Ray Woody. And he said, how you doing, preacher? I said, I'm doing all right. I said, how'd your service go out at the high school on Easter Sunday morning? I, he said, well, I said, you stole the show. I said, what do you mean? I wasn't even there. I, I, he said, well, he said, I asked Jackie Jesse to give up, to give her testimony. I, and she got up and told about you preaching on hell out the nursing home I, and how that she got saved. I, I, he said, I never did get to preach. And people started coming to the altar and had people get saved. I, and he said, he said, well, I, he said, let me just put it this way, Brother Rick. I, he said, Ray has slain his thousands, but Jackie, her ten thousands. Amen. I, uh, I want you to know, uh, listen, that uh, that somewhere, I, I'm glad, I, I realize there's people here this morning, this is not what you wanted to hear, and I totally understand, uh, uh, it wasn't what I wanted to hear uh, uh, when I was lost and headed that way, I didn't want to hear about hell, I didn't want to hear about anything really, but I really didn't want to hear about hell, uh, amen, uh, and so Lazarus, he heard the news somewhere, uh, I don't know where, uh, maybe Lazarus was uh, in the community when Jesus uh, uh, was uh, was teaching and giving this sermon in Mark 9. And the Bible said, Jesus said, Whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it's better for him that a millstone be hanged around him. Let me put it up in park right there. You be careful what you say to these little kids around here. I'm not pointing anybody out, but there's a little kid that's not coming right now because of what some older grown-up person said. You're saying, Lord, is it I? You figure it out and pray about it. You be careful what you say to these little ones. Amen. And the Bible said, If thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life main than having two hands go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, uh, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Maybe Lazarus is out there somewhere, maybe out there begging, I don't know. And he hears these words, And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It's better for thee to enter and halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Uh, Maybe that's where Lazarus heard about it. Uh, Or could it have been when Jesus was teaching in Matthew 25, uh, and Jesus says in verse 41, uh, He says, Hell was created for the devil, uh, 
and his angels. And maybe old Lazarus is sitting there thinking, well, what am I doing going to hell? It wasn't even made for me. I'm asking you the same question this morning. What are you doing lost and headed to hell? It wasn't even made for you. It was made for the devil and his angels. Amen. I don't know. I tell you this, Lazarus heard it somewhere. He heard it somewhere. It's a, it's a lot easier back then to hear it than it is now. I know preachers I've followed for 30 years, I've never heard them preach on hell. Never. And I've heard them a lot. I don't know how anybody could call themselves a preacher and not preach on hell every now and then. Uh, amen? But the Bible said that Lazarus, he heard it somewhere, but not only did he hear it, you see, a lot of people hear about hell. Some of you have heard about hell before. But the difference is Lazarus believed it. You say, hey, you know he believed it. Well, he didn't go there, did he? He didn't go there. You see, everybody that hears a sermon, uh, you that are hearing this sermon right now this morning, everybody's going to do Three things with that sermon. One of three things. You say, where's that at? Paul preached a sermon in Acts 17. And the Bible said in verse 32, at the end of that sermon, some mocked him. I preached on hell and had people laugh about it and mock you, you know. No, that's just one of them old hell fire and brimstone and damnation preachers. Yes, sir, you got me pegged. Amen. And I'm proud of it in a day when there ain't many of them around. Amen. But some people mock and they make fun. I remember preaching years ago up in the old building uh, and, uh, and my wife, bless her heart, she was fit to be tied because there's some young people back there in the back and, uh, and uh, they were uh, lost and they were making fun of uh, me preaching on hell. In other words, they were mocking about it. They were mocking about it. Uh, uh, some of you might do that this morning. And some of you, you've heard about hell and you didn't get saved. You said, well, I've heard about it. I want to think about it. Uh, I want to hear it again. I want to hear more on this subject about hell. Well, that's what the Bible said they did here. It said some mocked. Uh, and others said, uh, uh, like Felix, we'll hear you again on this matter. But the problem is, you don't know if you will or not. You don't know if you'll be living to hear again. You don't know if anybody will preach on this subject again. So you don't know. And then, this is where Lazarus was, and the Bible said, And certain men clave unto him and believed. And I think that's what Lazarus did somewhere down the line. He clave into that truth. And he said, I don't want to go to hell. I don't have to go to hell. I'm glad there's a way out of hell. I'm glad I may go through a lot of things in this life. I may go to some kind of a hell on earth. But I'll never go to a hell that ain't in earth. Amen. It's a lake of fire that's going to be out there somewhere. Some twenties exit off. I'm glad I've exited off that road. Hope you have. But then the Bible says in Luke 16. Let's go back there this morning. In Luke 16, 
And the Bible tells us about Lazarus dying. The angels came to get him. You say, Brother Rick, sir, afterlife, according to the Bible, there is. Brother Rick, when I die, do I just lay there and I'm just dead? And the Bible said, I read somewhere in there, the Bible said, the dead know not anything. You read a little farther, it said, under the sun. That corpse laying under the sun, it don't know anything. But all through the Bible, we got people that died and they can hear, they can speak, they can see, uh, they can feel. Uh, uh, there is something after this life. Amen. Uh, we look there and the Bible said that rich man. The Bible said that the rich man died and was buried, had a nice funeral. A lot of flowers. A lot of people attended. Preacher said good things about him. Preached him right in the gates. And everything down here looked like, man, that fella, he's walking on the streets of gold and he's up there singing with the angels and, and all of that. Let me tell you something. There's a whole lot of people you think that about and I think that about that it ain't so. The Bible said that this man died and was buried Notice he was buried, his body was buried, but notice this, and in hell he, he. You say, what's that tell me? That tells me the body wasn't really him. The real he was what lived in that body. And he said, in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, saith Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And sent Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I'm tormented in this flame. The old saying is what goes around comes around. Lazarus was begging for bread, a crumb, a crumb of bread. And now this rich man's begging for a drop of water. Just a drop of water. Well, if I were to say, Lazarus, what's your 20 this morning? He'd say, praise God, I've exited off that road. Amen. What if we ask this rich man who's nameless, you can put any rich man's name in there, it's lost and going to hell. You can put any poor man's name in there, it's lost and going to hell. You can put any middle class man in there, it's lost and going to hell. This man didn't go to hell because he's rich. That's what sends you to hell. I ain't got nothing to worry about. Amen. But the Bible said that this man, Lazarus, represents the few, just the few, that exit off. But the rich man, he represents millions, millions, multiplied millions that are not going to hell. They're already in hell. They're already in hell. Every time I read about this rich man, I think how long he's been there. Amen? You see, he had already reached, as the GPS says, he had already reached his destination. Where are you going? What's your final stop when you put it up and park? Where are you going to be at? What's your GPS going to say? 
the Bible says that He's already there. Let's, don't, let's talk about some folks that are already there this morning. They didn't exit off. They're already there this morning. You say, Brother Rick, you know anybody that's there? I do. I do. And you do too. If a person says, I don't believe in Jesus Christ, if a person makes no profession of salvation and that person died, they're in hell. The modern day theology and the preaching of today is somehow or another we want to preach some kind of a gospel that lets everybody land in heaven, but that's not with the Bible. The Bible says that if you're not saved, if you're not born again, if you never had been born again and saved by the grace of God, you've never believed the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. You've never confessed Christ. You've never acknowledged the fact that God had saved your soul. The Bible says you're going to hell. Hell's full of people this morning there. You say, who? What about Korah? Remember Korah? Korah's all the way back in the book of Numbers. You remember what Korah did? Korah, Korah, he rebelled against the man of God. Moses was the man of God. God put Moses and Aaron in a place of leadership and one day Korah come to him and he said, uh, uh, he said, I don't like this church that's run by the preacher. Every church is run by somebody. Deacons run it. People run it. Some woman runs it. Preacher runs it. I decided a long time ago, I, I'm going to run it. Amen. I'll ask for advice and help, but when the final decision comes, I'm what they call the overseer. If I'm going to get blamed for it, I'm going to make the decision. You say, well, I don't like that. Well, I'm 40 years into it. I hadn't crashed it yet. I know there's still time, but right now, I hadn't crashed it yet. But Korah said, I don't like this. He said, that Moses, that man of God, he takes too much on himself. He makes too many decisions. And God said, I don't like that. And God said, I'm going to do a new thing. He said, if I just strike him dead with a heart attack, why, well, you might think that's just nature. Anything could have happened. If I were to have Moses cut his head off, you'd just think that was Moses in anger. So God said, I'm going to do a new thing. You say, what did he do? Verse 32, the earth opened up her mouth and swallowed them up their houses and all the men that appertaineth unto Korah and all their goods and all that appertained unto them went down alive into the pit. The earth opened up. Multitude went down there. They couldn't say Moses did that. They had to know that God did that. Amen. And old Korah and all of his rebels, they're all in hell this morning. And there's a lot of people in hell this morning because they was born a rebel, they stayed a rebel, and they died a rebel. 
that went to hell this morning. Well, you take that thief on the cross, not the one that went to paradise. But you remember that other thief on the cross? Why, why didn't he exit off the road to hell? The other one did. That exit was big enough for both of them. You know why he didn't? Because he refused. He's as close as from here to that wall, to that other thief. He can hear what he says. He can hear what Jesus says. And he has the same opportunity. But he refused. You know who's in hell this morning? People that refuse to accept the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the truth that He died for your sin to keep you out of hell. If you refuse that, someday we'll say, what's your 20? And you'll say, I've entered in to that place called hell. What about Judas? You know, Judas, is a, he's a weird bird. It's hard to figure out everything about Judas. I read this and I think this and I read that and I think that and, 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 and I, I just can't really put my finger on all about Judas. I, I, but I do know this, Judas, I, he's in his own place of hell. You say, what do you mean? He's not in hell with a rich man, but he's in his own hell. Because the Bible said that Judas went out and hung himself and he died and he went to his own place. And it wasn't a place Jesus prepared for him. No, sir. You say, what happened to Judas? Well, one thing I know, the Bible said that Judas, he realized he betrayed the innocent blood He realized I messed up bad. But the Bible says this about Judas. It said he repented himself. Not that he repented to Jesus, but he repented himself. You say, what's that mean? That means he's sorry he got caught. What's that mean? That meant he was sorry, but not sorry enough. The Bible said, Godly sorrow worketh repentance to be repented of no more. Jesus said, Except you repent, you'll likewise perish. You say, Brother Rick, what does that repent mean? Well, Jesus gives us a wonderful illustration in Matthew 20. Jesus told about two men and he asked them to go work in the vineyard. One of them said, I'm going to go. But he never did go. But the other one said, I'm not going to go. And he started walking this way. And then the Bible said he stopped and said, I believe I will go. You say, what did he do? He changed his mind. He turned around. He went in a different direction. He did what he said he wasn't going to do. And I'm telling you this morning, Jesus said, except you repent, you will likewise perish unless you change your mind, unless you turn around, quit going in the way you're going, unless you, unless you get saved, unless you change your attitude. And Jesus said, you will perish. He's talking about hell. Amen. What about uh, this rich man? Well, he's in hell. 
There's going to be some people in heaven you never thought you'd see there. And there's going to be some people in hell that you thought sure would be sitting right next to Jesus. The Bible said man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. You can't see it all by the outward appearance. And here's this rich man. And if we'd lived in that neighborhood, we'd walk down their street and we'd seen the old beggar laying there with sores all over him. Dogs are licking him. And we'd have walked by there and that rich man sitting on the porch. Find nice clothes, nice home, everything. And we were to walk by there and think, I wonder what's one saved. Why, we'd probably pick that rich man. He looks like the one that's saved. But you can't always go by looks, amen. Uh, uh, you can't always go by looks. Uh, I tell you, Lazarus didn't look like much on the outside, but he's good on the inside. He's saved, amen. Uh, you say, when did he get saved? I don't know if I got saved laying there for all I know. Listen, I wish he got saved when he was a little boy. But bless God, it's better to get saved right there than it is to die lost and go to hell. Here's this rich man. You say, what's wrong with him, Brother Rick? What's he doing in hell? What, what'd he do? Did he not repent? Obviously not. You say, Brother Rick, what's this rich man? Why is he, in, why is he there in hell? Did he rebel? Obviously so. But you know what took him to hell? His religion. A lot of people's religion that they think is taking them from hell is taking them right to hell. Amen. 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 Now I said, well, just so you got some religion, no, just so you got the right kind of religion. You say, what's the right kind? The kind that goes by that book. Amen. If they don't walk according to that book, it's cause there is no light in them. That's what the book said. You say they're nice. Nice don't mean saved. I know some people that's hateful as a devil. But they're saved. I mean, I've seen enough in them that I believe they're saved. Amen. Amen. I know some people that, why, you couldn't squeeze a cuss word out of them with both hands. And I know some folks every now and then will let one slip out. And the one that wouldn't say one for nothing, they probably ain't even saved. The one that lets one slip out every now and then, they might be saved. You say, why? Well, you see, some people, they think they're so good, they don't cuss, they don't chew, they don't run around with people that do, they don't drink, they don't go here, they don't go there. And they think that's why they're going to heaven, they're going to hell. And there's some people, like old Peter, he'd get mad at you. He might cut your ear off. He might cuss a little bit. He might even doubt every now and then, but that old boy was as saved as the Lord Himself. That old boy become the head of the church, amen. You say, what are you saying? We live in a religious society. Everybody's religious. 
Everybody's got some kind of religion. Amen. But religion's not salvation. There's a big difference. There's a great gulf between religion and salvation. You better have more than an outward form of godliness. You better have some God on the inside. Amen. Well, there's some people that have exited off the road of hell. And I, 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 I say, you say, what's your 1020, Brother Rick? I got in that CB thing years ago. Me and Eddie Wade. Neither one of us was fit to be killed. And Eddie, we worked together, and I met him at work, and Eddie would come over to the house, and, and I, I'd wrapped up a lot of money in these CBs. I had a big gold microphone with a big head on it. I had a, a linear. I'd talk over across the sea, and, and Eddie would come over, and he'd bring his wife over, and we'd put our wife in there in the living room, and Eddie would sit there, and, uh, and we'd talk on them CBs. And if, and if you talked overseas and somebody answered you, They'd send you a little card to prove it. You talk to them. I had an album full of them little cards that I talked to people in England and Africa and everywhere else. And, and uh, so I got one to go in the car. And uh, I told Max Helen, I said, this will be good. I said, when I get off work, I said, I, I, I said I, I, I'll holler at you. And I said, you answer me back and tell me if you need anything from the store. And my, my handle was country boy. So I thought it'd be good to call her country girl. So I got off at Donnelly's and got in my car and turned my CB on. I said, what's your 20 country girl? No answer. I said, country girl, can you hear me? This is country boy. She never would answer. Finally, I got home, and I said, what happened to you, country girl? She said, I'm not talking on that stupid thing. <laughs> but if you were to ask me this morning, what's your, what's your 10, 20 preacher on that highway to hell? I've exited off a long time ago. Amen. They can't nobody here this morning other than in a in a spiritual sense, if you're lost this morning, you're as good as hell as if you're there. But you're not there. And, uh, and, so, and so this morning, nobody could really say, uh, my 1020 is I've exited off into hell. Nobody could say that because you're here this morning. But there's somebody in that chapter other than Lazarus and Abraham, or Lazarus and the rich man. You say, who else? Verse 28. This is what the rich man said. I have five brethren that it may testify unto them lest they also come into this place of torment. I'm sure that these five brothers represent not those that have exited off. That's not their 1020. Not those that are already there. That's not their 1020. Uh, but these here are all those that are in route there this morning. They're on the way there. He said they're on the way. That makes up a great multitude this morning. Amen. You see our text said, Enter ye in at the straight gate. 
For wide, circle that word wide. For wide is the gate, and circle this word, broad is the way. That highway to hell is a multi-lane highway. It's not a little country road, just one road. No, it's like you get in these big cities. And you get into these multi-lane things. Uh, that's the way the highway to hell is this morning. There's not just one way you can go there. You can go there a lot of ways. You can go there through, the, through your religion. You can go there through your rebellion. You can go there a lot of ways. A lot of ways you can go there. And a lot of people are traveling down the highway to hell. Uh, and they're going to make it if they keep going. They're in route. Uh, a lot of ways. Wide is a gate. A lot of ways you can get in hell. You could get in hell because you had a mom and daddy didn't know nothing about God, didn't teach you nothing about God. You could get in hell because you had some kind of a, a false preacher that wouldn't tell you the truth about hell and didn't have enough backbone to tell you you're going there. You could go to hell because of your buddy. Your wife, your girlfriend. On and on and on we could go. and We could go through the Bible and talk about all those that are in hell. It's a multi-lane road. But notice what Jesus said about the other way. He said, straight is the gate. Only one way to go to heaven. Only one way. You can't go through the church. You can't go through the baptistry pool. You can't go through the communion table. You can't go through your list of good works. If you go to heaven, you'll go to heaven one way because there's only one way to get there. Jesus said, I didn't say it. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You see, it's not a multi-lane road to heaven. And this one says Buddha. And this one says Confucius. And this one says the Mormons. And this one said the JWs. No, it, it, there's not even one that says Baptist. It's a one-lane road. And the name of that road is Jesus Christ. God's Son. You know, some of us, I could say, what's your 20 on the road to hell? And if you're not saved this morning and you're not already there, you'd have to say, I'm in route. I'm headed that way. Now, David and Mark, they run up and down the road every week for a living. And they look at them mile markers. They tell them where they're at on their journey. God's put some mile markers in our life. Some of you, you're a long ways down the road. Mister, look in the mirror. Your hair's not black anymore. Ma'am, get out that little thing and open it up and look and there's some wrinkles there that didn't used to be there. You're a long ways down the road. Say, praise God, preacher, I'm a teenager. 
I don't have gray hair and I don't have wrinkles. Pick up the paper. The road can end abruptly. You can run upon a dead end real soon. God has has put mile markers on the road to let us know we're getting closer and closer to our destination. And He's saying, turn around. Turn around. Years ago, I used to use an old illustration 35 years ago about a young man that was sitting in his house one day and, and a pain come to him and he, he bent over and the death angel appeared and he said, I'm the death angel and I've come to take you away. And he fell on his knees and began to beg and he said, oh, said you didn't give me no warning. He said, please give me another chance. Please give me a warning. And the death angel said, okay, I'll come again. And I'll give you several warnings before I come. The years passed by and he began to age and grow older. And one day the death angel came again and he was just as shocked that time as he was the time before when he came. And he said, oh, he said, you said you'd give me warning. He said, look in the mirror. You look at your hair that's gone. Look at your teeth that's gone. Uh, Look at your body that's frail. Uh, He said, I sent you warning after warning after warning. I was coming. But you never did get ready. Smile markers along the way. You're in route there. You're not there, but you're in route, and you keep going like that, and you'll make it. You keep not repenting, you just keep on rebelling. You just keep running on out the door every Sunday after Sunday, and you'll make it there someday. But I'm glad to say this. Back to our text. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. You say, what's that tell me? That tells me, that tells me that you may be able to exit off at any time. There's a broad way. Just like you go down 60, up 65 or down 31 uh, or over on Cumberland Parkway and all at once you see this road coming into the sign and uh, you see a thing, exit coming up, exit coming up. Well, God has stuck the cross there in this life. God has stuck the cross there and God says exit off at the cross. Amen. Exit off at the cross. Said, enter ye in. He just said, I'm going to make you go in. He didn't say there are going to be people down there forcing you to go in. But he said, enter ye in. Make a decision to exit off the highway to hell to that road that Jesus said leadeth unto life. You started down the road this morning on the way home and you come to an intersection and there's two signs at that intersection. And one says the way of death and the other one says the way of life. 
One is on the left, the other is on the right. Which way are you going to turn? Then why are you turning left this morning? Why are you turning left this morning? Eternity is a long time to be wrong. Eternity is a long time to live in a place that you ain't going to like nothing about it. Eternity is a long time to remember this uh, October 17th Sunday morning and it keep playing over in your mind over and over and over throughout eternity. I remember that preacher preaching on what's your 20 on the highway to hell. I remember coming to that intersection. I remember making the wrong choice. Hell's a long time to remember that. But eternity will be a long time to evermore say thank God I exited off. Thank God I believed it when I heard it. Say preacher I want to but I just can't. I'd ask God to help me. I don't think I could have if God didn't help me. I don't think I could believe a whole lot of stuff that's in this book if God didn't help me. But you know God will help your unbelief. It's in the Bible, man. said God help my unbelief. Did you know God wants to help your faith this morning? Do you know God is not in the business of trying to trick you and you come down to the end of the way and, and, and you go off into hell and God said, got him. No, that's the devil. The God of this Bible is not willing that even one person would perish but that all would come to repentance. God does not want one person in this room to go to hell. God wants you to be saved. And God wants you to know you're saved. And God wants you to enjoy the trip. I'm saved. I'm enjoying the trip. And I worry about a lot of things. I worry about my grandkids. If they're here or there somewhere, I worry about them. Brother Epps says, why worry? Why pray when you can worry? But I worry about a lot of things. But i tell you one thing I ain't worried about in a long time. I ain't worried about whether I'm saved or lost. I got that settled and nailed down with a sack full of Bible nails. And if they won't hold it, nothing will. What's your 20? On the highway to hell this morning. Well, it's a preacher. I'm, I've exited off a long time ago. What about your family? What about them? You, you out there trying to flag them down, turn, trying to flag them down? So, I mean, if they go on, ain't nothing you can do about it. But at least you've done your part. You tried to flag them down. You tried to warn them. Father, I come to you this morning. And I thank